0: Man orbits, dysfunctional families, and birthday months. B.G. Sunday birthday eve. Wow, no wonder Mistress Me hasn't been letting me flirt with boys. That was barely forty-eight hours, and look at the destruction. The man orbit is real, ladies. Changing topics, but also regarding men, Matt in particular. I think it would be way harder if he were a woman. Is that true? Because gender shouldn't have anything to do with it. The reason that he trumps me in the whole who spends time with mommy question is simply he was there first, a long time ago first. But also, mommy says she's emotionally straight. I don't think she would have had a female life partner, would she? Not like she has with Matt, anyway. She says she needs a strong man to share her cave with, who will protect her from the saber-toothed tigers or something. Even though I feel like mommy could beat up a saber-toothed tiger. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the story. I'm not sure if I'm emotionally straight. I mean, I know that loving women feels very different from loving men. But I also know I was socialized to look for the boy stuff and value it and prize it. I didn't so much as repress the other half of my bisexuality as ignore it, because I didn't know what to do with it, and the boys kept pouncing. Maybe that's what you need the caveman for, to protect you from the other cavemen. Outrageous. I was thinking tonight that if I'm so lonely, what about a family... For a moment, I imagined myself birthing a baby. "'Is it immoral to have a baby because you are lonely?' I imagined asking Mommy. "'Yes,' I imagined her vehement reply. "'Yet I allowed myself to imagine it anyway. "'After all, my imaginings won't actually make the baby happen.' "'I saw the floor at the other end of the couch. "'A cushion there, maybe big enough to put a tiny little baby onto. "'I imagined, now there is nothing. "'Now, poof, there is a whole new human in the world.' crazy. I tried to take the daydream a bit further. I imagined myself grown big, pushing the baby out. Eek, how do people do that? And then diapers. Diapers, 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 and no time ever to myself. Okay, I'm done with that one. What's my next option, I asked imaginary mommy. A single mom. That's my next option, if I'm not emotionally straight. I would have co-parented with Gail, hands down. I already was co-parenting, and I loved it, Even though I had to be roommates with Felix, I loved it. I mean, not roommates. I had my own bedroom. But not my own bathroom, and when you share a bathroom with a 12-year-old boy, yeah, they're gross. But I didn't care. I didn't care about that, or about how loud it got in my bedroom with the door that blocked zero sound that led straight into the living room. And I was working, and they were in the living room watching movies, and it wasn't easy, but I had a family. I loved that family. I told Gail to come over tomorrow if she feels like it. I said I was going to raise all my drawbridges, but if she wanted to come in the front door, she could. And if she doesn't, well, I guess the stuffies and I will get drunk alone. Or with mommy whenever she gets here. Which can be whenever it is, because I'm so zen. Gaga. Meep. Blurp. Buenas noches. Saturday, April 8th, 2023. I just cracked my finger back into place. I didn't actually realize it was out of place until I cracked it back in. I definitely knew I heard it, though. I noticed the jagged cut while the taxi driver was haggling for a bigger tip. He saw my extra five and wheedled for ten. Je t'ai promis vingt et je t'ai donné vingt-cinq. Tu veux trente maintenant, I asked. He started rambling about things, about how he had just helped me from the goodness of his heart. He mentioned this a lot in the seven-block car ride from Canadian Tire to my home, and I hadn't even asked him to help. He offered, and then didn't really help that much. I let him ramble while I searched in my wallet and came up with two $2 coins. "'Tien,' I said, out of guilt and privilege and a sliver of gratitude. "'He took the money and left. I went to bandage my finger. "'Now, two days later, it is cracked back into place. "'That fucking table was heavy. Really freaking heavy. "'And the taxi driver didn't exactly lift the table so much as mostly stop it from falling. "'I was on the top, but he was giving me no leverage, "'so I had to basically try to pull it up the stairs, and it weighed eighty pounds.' Every time it fell down, he tisked in confirmation of his assessment that getting the table up would be impossible, after offering to help me get it up. So somewhere along the way, I must have smushed my finger. Oh well, it was worth it, I think. The table is a bit too big for my terrace, but I think I can manage it, and now there's room to eat a meal out there, and it has an umbrella. My papa offered to buy it when he saw my sorry excuse for terrace furniture. The Ikea set somebody gave me for free last year that has been warped by the weather, paint peeling, and slats in the table big enough to happily tip over anything fragile you may naively place upon it. I put the new table together today. I also took advantage of Buy Heavy Furniture Day to buy a lamp, which I also put together. That one I'm really excited about. My nest is getting nestier. Mommy came on Wednesday and stayed. It was wonderful. I told her about the cute boy. I liked him so much, and I think he liked me, I continued. But then why hasn't he written me a love sonnet yet? Mommy chuckled. I'm sure he liked you. Boys these days are terrified. Really? He's scared of me? More like probably thought I was weird, and now he's decided not to ask me out. I finally listened to the messages Tien sent me on our cuties-asking-questions sensitive thread. "'I had had a moment of courage a few weeks back "'and sent him two years' worth of safe sex conversation. "'I also mentioned to him the systems in my house "'that I'm scared to explain to him "'for fear of making him feel bad "'when he tries to help me in the kitchen. "'I also talked to him about my feelings "'on meeting significant others' family, "'and a bit about chastity and lube tricks. "'He responded a couple of weeks ago, "'and I've been too nervous to listen. "'I don't know what I'm scared of, exactly. "'Anyway, he was very cute in his responses, "'and he said I was cute, "'and he thanked me for bringing up the topics.' Mommy says that she fully approves of Etienne because of his kindness and his empathy, or something like that. All I know is he's coming back sometime in the next couple of months, and I don't know how I feel about it yet. Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. I sent the cute boy a text today. He responded, with a question. So I worked up the courage to ask if he wants to get together. He responded, with an emoji. I guess he hates me. Wah. Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Estrella's flight was delayed five hours. Five hours? What the heck, universe? Since she was going to miss her connecting flight, they rerouted her. San Francisco to LAX, Los Angeles to EWR, Newark to YUL. She will get here at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning instead of 11 p.m. tonight. Gaw, 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 gaw. And her room was all ready and everything. Brand new sheets and a welcome note from two of the unicorn stuffies. I'm not sure if we should stick to our original plan now. We were going to pick up the Kamunoto at 2 p.m. and book it out of town, but she's going to be exhausted. Meanwhile, Mistress already flaked weeks ago, Gail is arriving late and leaving early, and Mommy has been flattened by no fewer than three different ailments this week. Organizing a birthday weekend against the patriarchy is hard work, it seems. Well, at least I'm ready to go. I got all packed this afternoon—art supplies, board games, diaries, stuffies I have a mountain of bags in my hallway, and I think I can survive being the designated driver for two hours tomorrow afternoon. I was going to get Gail to do it, but now she's driving separately. Outrageous. Meanwhile, Katerina is all alone in a hotel room somewhere in France. I hope she's okay. When we hung up, she was heading to sleep. I sent her the meditation again, but I bet she didn't listen to it. Don't be scared just because it has the word trauma in the title, I told her. It's a man with a beautifully sexy voice telling you that you deserve to be loved. "'Seriously. Listen to it.' "'Okay, Lorelai,' she said and laughed, "'like she usually does when she's probably not taking my suggestions seriously. "'It's weird writing about her, "'because if she keeps listening to every single one of my Spotify episodes "'and she doesn't show any sign of stopping so far, "'then somewhere in the space-time continuum, she'll arrive at this one. "'I started the day with her. "'She's six hours ahead of me, "'so often I wake up to WhatsApp messages from her, "'especially now that she's my biggest Spotify fan. "'Homeschool prom? LOL.' "'That's the first one,' she said. "'Then, for the record, I think you and Dijuan need to hash it out. "'Sit him down for a beer and just tell him what's up. "'Oh, it was too early in the morning for that one. "'Of course, me being me, I started to orbit around this possibility. "'Hadn't I been thinking the same thing for years? "'But they had cut me off every time. "'Juliet had told me I shouldn't try to change his mind. "'It wasn't worth it. "'And he didn't even tell me he was upset. "'He just ghosted me while he was standing right in front of me.' I was literally standing in their living room, saw him on the stairs, said hi, and he didn't respond. Then Juliet told him told me not to try to convince him to change his mind, and I was just confused. Change his mind about what I thought about it as I showered and prepared for my day. Finally, I realized what my response was, "I don't know. Don't think I haven't thought about it, but he cut me off in person and then blocked me on WhatsApp without ever giving me a chance to even find out what was wrong. I don't think I like him enough to go crawling after him, and for what purpose her response. But you are so lovable. How could anyone not love you? Me. Ha! See? For you. I'd crawl after you. Thursday, April 20th, 2023. My birthday month is almost over. Outrageous. My drawbridges are up. I have some work to do tomorrow, but the plan is to creative process it instead of stress it. I'll let you know how that works out. Estrella went home yesterday. why she was the loveliest fairy princess in the universe. She's always going on and on about what a big fan of me she is, which is nutso because I was her fan first. She swears she's the one who wanted to be friends first, though. She says just because she said no to partying at that conference that first year doesn't mean she didn't want to be my friend. Sure, but that still does not prove any kind of timeline. I know I was her fan first, though, because I wrote her fan mail. It's how we met. I wrote her an email, and next thing you know, we were giving presentations together and launching YouTube channels, and she was convincing me to join the 21st century and use PowerPoint. Estrella taught me that friendship and business can mix, as long as you were careful about it. She also taught me how to use PowerPoint. Whenever we do anything, we write up a contract. We write it out in plain and simple English, talk through what seems fair, and then we sign it. Usually, we are each looking out more for the other person than for ourselves. Hashtag empaths make good business partners. Hashtag sociamiga. Sociamiga is a word we invented. It's the perfect combination of the words business partner and friend in Spanish. The timing was perfect. Mistress Me planned it that way. Estrella was here to celebrate my birthday and the big project coming to a close. This is our third big project, but it was our first that I was 100% in charge of. Sneaky Estrella taking a backstage. I'm beginning to think that was very smart of her. But it's mine now, the big project, and it's my baby, and it's going well, and it's funding my trips to Panama. Plus, now that the roles have changed a bit, Estrella has become my fairy partner in princessing crime. She outdid my fairy princessing this week. It was amazing. Katerina is all caught up on my Spotify episodes again. I'm going to have to record more. I woke up to this winner in my message box the other day. Gail's fiancé really read that entire letter? I'm impressed. "'He must be pretty open-minded to listen to you like that.' "'Seriously? That is her takeaway?' "'I may have to stop reading Katerina's messages first thing in the morning.' "'After taking a beat, I responded, "'Um, I lost my home after that happened, "'and we don't speak to each other anymore. "'Katerina wanted to know if I left willingly or if they kicked me out. "'I mean, neither. "'I left because I was scared of Richard, and he was threatened by me. "'I think about that day sometimes, the last day I saw Richard.' Well, almost the last day. I ran into him at the house when he was supposed to have already left a few weeks later. He was supposed to be watching the kids and had a sudden business trip that required his immediate departure. I married Poppins my way in, staying with the kids for a week. He was still there when I arrived. Good to see you, Lorelei. he lied, and I lied right back. The next time I saw him at a dance workshop a month later, I didn't say hello. I stared right through him. I was cold as ice. In February of 2022, I came home to Montreal from Panama. By then, it had been nearly a month since I'd written the letter. Richard had finally read it the previous week. He didn't say a word to me, but then he wasn't supposed to either. I told him to stop talking and start doing. The thing was, all my things were at Gail's house. All of them. Originally, Richard wasn't going to be there in February, but his plans had changed. I was pretty sure we couldn't both be home at the same time. But I needed my stuff. I had two layovers, one in Miami and another in Toronto. I almost missed one of my flights, got scolded by a flight attendant for trying to exit the plane ahead of my row, got laughed at by the security guards who saw me asking permission to cut ahead in line. I'm never that asshole line cutter, I swear, but I really didn't want to have to spend the night in some airport hotel in Florida. Anyway, my fellow customers were extremely kind. They were all like, sure, go right ahead. It was only the airport personnel who were like, "'What time is your flight? (laughs) Ha! You'll never make it.'" "'Gee, thanks for your help.'" It was crazy, this labyrinth of customs entering the U.S. and then leaving again. Somehow what had been the easiest transition in the world in the other direction, from Canada to Panama, became a nightmare going the other way. "'Oh, right. I went through customs while I was still in Montreal. That's why that layover was so much smoother.'" I was half an hour late when I arrived at the Terminal F, having gone the absolute wrong way from Terminal A by accident. The doors to the plane were already closed. At least, that was what my app said. The airline app. The app that hadn't updated correctly because I hadn't changed a SIM card, and actually the gate was all the way on the other end of the airport, back in goddamn Terminal A. My feet hurt terribly by the time I pulled up at the gate, and I knew it was a lost cause anyway. I had already missed it. I thought. Luck, it turned out, had smiled upon me, because I may have been 45 minutes late, but the flight had been delayed an hour. I had made it. I got back to Montreal late in the evening. It was very cold out. I had no jacket. I took an Uber straight to Gail's house. The, ki- the kids ran and pounced. Gail and I hugged. Richard and I looked awkwardly at one another and nodded. The three of us actually made it all the way through a game of Azul. For a moment, just a moment, it seemed like we might be Okay. Like maybe we could be some version of friends. Then Gail asked if we wanted to talk. Oh, Gail. Of course we didn't want to talk. Couldn't she see that? I mean, I already had talked. I'd said what I had to say, and it was up to Richard to do. It was obvious from the look on his squirrely face that he didn't want to talk or do. He squinched up like a scared little boy, like he was scared to talk out of turn lest the snake reach out and bite him. Lest I reach out and bite him, like I was the snake instead of him. "'You know you're always welcome here, Lorelai,' said Gail. "'And I knew she meant it, but I also knew it wasn't true. "'I wasn't always welcome there.' "'I don't think Richard and I can be roommates right now,' I said cautiously. "'Yes,' he agreed quickly. "'Suddenly the weasel has found a voice. "'Well,' he amended, "'there would have to be some conversations if we were going to be roommates "'to make sure that things, private things, weren't being judged.' "'Oh, you feel judged, do you? "'About your personal private things, "'like how you are an arrogant prick with your fiancé "'in broad daylight in front of me and her children?' "'He felt judged. "'That was his takeaway. "'My judgment. "'I mean, damn straight I'm judging you. "'But you know what? "'If you were a good person, your takeaway would be, "'Holy shit, I have hurt the people I love. "'I didn't realize it, and I feel terrible. "'How can I make sure this never, ever happens again? "'Instead, it was, "'Holy shit, I got caught. "'Now I'll be a sniveling little rat "'and try to make this out about me being the victim.' What a fucking fucking fucker. I just did a quick check of my diaries to see if I had an exact quote from that awkward fucking morning in February of last year, but I don't. I just have a million letters to future Gail where I tell her how sad I am for her. I'd type them here, but I think it would be too depressing. I left Gail's house and took six bags with me to Andres and Marisol's. They were in South America and said it would be great if I stayed at their place because I could water the plants. I had my snow pants, my slippers, my work stuff, and my ice skates. Plus, I liberated a few of my stuffies from Gail's closet. That was pretty much all I needed. Well, I needed my winter boots, too, but for some reason I hadn't been able to find them that morning at Gail's. I had hiking boots for the snow instead, and they would have to do until I could conduct a more thorough search. I unpacked my bags, ordered a bunch of Chinese food, and cried for a week. Gail came to visit me there. We cried together. I called my mom and cried with her, too. Sweetie, why don't you look at apartments, she asked me. I protested. Apartments seemed like a commitment. I preferred to store it in boxes at a friend's house and crash with your best friend when you need to approach. Just look. No commitment. At the time, I was pondering being a nomad like Etienne. I was scared of a lease, worried I wouldn't come up with the rent money. But something resonated when my mom said that, It occurred to me that I needed a home. I needed a safe space that was all my own, and once my nervous system had calmed the fuck down, I would likely be able to make money again. Plus, if I truly failed spectacularly at being a self-sustaining adult with a monthly rent obligation, I could always be a nomad again. Thus was my happiness palace born. It was Valerie who helped me move into my new home. Well, Riley, too. I did it that week when I was there playing Mary Poppins. Gail was useless. She hadn't told the children I was leaving because she was in complete denial, so I had to do it alone. Felix, who had just confided how much he'd missed me while I'd been away, became cold and distant. The boxes piled up. The butterflies and art I had just put back on the wall came right back down. It felt like I had just spent my entire life packing and unpacking, packing and unpacking. In March of last year, I moved in. It's crazy that it's only been a year since then, It's crazy that Gail and I are still speaking, but no, when I have to describe the man who is bullying, manipulating, and abusing my friend, open-minded is not the first adjective that comes to mind. It's weird writing all this and knowing that Katerina will be listening to it. I wonder what text message I'll wake up to after she gets to this episode. I promised myself I wouldn't change my writing just because somebody was given access to this blog, but that's kind of impossible to do, especially when she's currently my biggest Spotify fan. Luckily, it'll be a little while before I record it, so we'll have a chance to percolate. Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. I broke my drawbridge today. That's what happened. I broke it. I didn't realize until I glanced at the little post-it that I had stuck to my phone and drawbridge ritual page affixed to my wall. The ritual page specifies what I do when I'm turning my phone back on. Candles, song, acknowledge fears and desires, yada yada. The post-it note specifies who I want to see and who I need to be careful about. Specifically, it specified, no Mindy, Gail, or Willow. But I let in Willow, because she's Willow. Except that right behind her was her entire family. Gah, gah. Lizzie had the baby last night. I'm an aunt eight times over now. It's a boy. I found this out when Willow told me excitedly this morning. "'Willow also told me she probably won't meet the baby for a long time "'because Uncle Joseph won't come visit. "'Yes, it's true he lives far away,' I said, "'pretending not to read between the lines. "'It'll be a little while before I meet the baby, too. "'But he could come visit,' she insisted. "'He just won't.' "'Well, that's a bit of a double standard,' I countered. "'You haven't been to visit him either, have you?' "'Yes, but he has so much money,' she said scornfully. "'The truth is, Willow is right about Joseph.' "'He's a pain in the ass to try to reach. "'He rarely calls, and he never calls, and rarely visits. "'Luckily, I adore Lizzie, so that's pretty much how we keep in touch. "'But this story my sister is painting that he doesn't care for his family? "'Fuck. "'In an attempt to assuage Willow's ill-begotten fears "'about never communicating with my brother's family ever, "'I attempted to call my mother and loop her in. "'My mom's at Joseph's house right now. "'She and Dad arrived there on Thursday. "'Literally 48 hours later, Lizzie went into labor.' "'They're there with the big brother now. "'He's not quite three years old and seems rather stunned. "'I guess he's met his little baby brother by now. "'It's going to be a rude awakening. "'My nephew is quite the mama's boy. "'Anyway, I tried to start a three-way call "'and accidentally ended up on the phone with Willow's dad upstairs. "'That wasn't the bad thing, though. "'We get along, and if my sister weren't completely out of her mind, "'then we'd probably hang out more. "'Anyway, I thought I could appeal to him, maybe.' "'Willow seems to be under the impression that she'll never meet her cousins "'or have a relationship with them,' I said to him. "'I told her that no matter what's happening with the grown-ups, "'that should never stop her from having a relationship with her cousins.' "'Of course not,' he said amiably. "'We are definitely out of the loop, though. "'We didn't know that Lizzie was going into labor.' "'I contained a giant sigh of exasperation. "'Nobody knew,' I said. "'They're not the call-when-going-into-labor type. "'You guys were actually the ones to tell me he'd been born, "'so you're more in the loop than I am. "'Jesus.' Welcome to the world, you tiny bundle of innocence. Welcome into this absolutely insane family. So yeah, okay. Lesson learned. My trigger lists and drawbridges are there for a reason. Erg, but it's so freaking frustrating, gaga. Anyway, I think I should probably finish this blog by now because I've been writing it for pretty much my entire month, my month, my birthday month. In other news, Marisol and Andres came over tonight after I finished my monthly webcast. They were going out on a date later in my neighborhood with a girl who's in a non-monogamous relationship. They quizzed me on polyamory. I was like, yeah, basically everyone does it differently, and we're all reinventing the wheel. I also mentioned the hierarchical relationship types, like Gail and Richard and me and Shekhar in the olden days, and the anarchical ones, like me and Etienne. I also told them about the, how the cute boy from the party was either very disinterested or, yeah, disinterested. Wahh! Marisol agreed that responding to my cutely crafted, open-ended, we-could-hang-out-but-no-pressure text with the okay emoji was less than enthusiastic. I'm sad because I thought he was cool and that he thought I was, too. But I'm also aware of how within moments of considering us a possibility, I handed him the keys to my entire self-worth as a person. Yeah, man-orbits are a problem. Maybe once I get mine under control, he'll pay attention to me. Ga 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 gah 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 Love, baby girl. P.S. Oh, by the way, I never did find my winter boots. I searched and searched my room at Gail's, but I packed up absolutely everything and couldn't find them. I scoured the rest of the house, too. They were nice boots. Gail kept apologizing. She was sure the kids had taken them, but I assured her that couldn't be the case. They knew the boots were mine, had even apologized one time after wearing them, thinking they belonged to her and not me. I asked them if they'd taken them, and they swore up and down they hadn't. So I believed them. They would sometimes play around, but they would have owned up if they'd borrowed them. I started looking around and began to realize how good those boots had been. These fricking options for women, what the hell? Either they're too stylish to keep you warm, or they keep you warm but have no tread. What about ice, people? I was ready to spend money on them, but couldn't find the boots to buy. I got blisters from the hiking boots, but I wore them until spring. In June, I got a call from Gail. "'So, the kids finished school today,' she told me. "'Oh, wow, another year,' I said. "'Crazy.'" Felix emptied out his locker, she continued. This story sounded pretty good. In his locker, she continued, was my really good jacket, two pairs of gloves I had thought were missing, pretty much all of his warm clothes, and my boots. Felix had kidnapped my boots. I still don't know why. Did he find them extremely comfortable and wear them to school? Had he completely forgotten they were there? Did he know he had them and purposely not tell me? Did he... The mind of a 12-year-old must be an interesting place to be.